On this episode of Mistake by the Take, we highlight the great career of Jim Brown, discuss the recent drama between Francisco Lindor and Jason Kipnis, do a little bit of a Guardians checkup, and then as always, end it with an improvised version of This or That. You hear it all next on Mistake by the Take. One, two, three, four. Another episode of Mistake by the Take. Jake Volnick alongside Dylan Feltovich. Today, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, some guards and hit a few other things. But most importantly, first off, Dylan, how are we feeling? <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing all right. Um this past weekend, I don't. I don't think I caught what you caught, but you know, we 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 were on the struggle bus a little bit. But hey, we're we're alive. We're good. Feeling a lot better now. I'm ready to ready to talk sports, you know, and get some get some stuff off my chest because I, I think we both need to. Both I think we both need this for our mental health at this point. Um, it's been it's been a rough one with the guards. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much an, an understatement. understatement. <laughs> yes, uh, it's it's been. It's been I mean, I, I spent the the weekend in Illinois. I didn't get to watch a ton, but boy, do I still have some some hot takes. And you know, the one game I did get to watch was the most atrocious of them all, and we'll harp on it plenty. Before we kind of get into the guards, though, gonna have to hit on a major fact of you know, in a different subject here, kind of in the Browns category, but more importantly, we're talking about. The passing of Jim Brown. Yeah. Um, really, I mean, when you think of Cleveland sports, you know, and, you know, it's been miserable being a Cleveland Browns fan and just all those years, Cleveland football has not been the best. But one of the highlights being Jim Brown um, dying of natural causes at the age of 87. I mean, phenomenal player. One of the best running backs to ever play the game. Um, a lot of people argue he probably is is the the top if not i mean pretty much unarguably top three top five exactly um three-time mvp nine-time pro bowler eight-time all pro uh over twelve thousand yards on the ground like that's insane and then a hundred and the the top all of that 106 rushing touchdowns like and he goes 2500 yards through the air 20 touchdowns and by the way Nine seasons. Right. He didn't even play a decade in the NFL. Which is crazy to think because, like, I don't know, receiving yards, like, you never really thought of, like, a pat, like, during that time, pass catching running backs or anything like that. So it kind of shows that he was really ahead of his time in that sense of just could do everything for your offense. 5.2 yards a carry. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Like, you're not seeing that today, that's for sure. I mean, that's just, even then, absolutely absurd. Yeah, I mean, and like people have said, like, oh yeah, Nick Chubb, best running back we ever had. I'm like, <laughs> listen, dude, <laughs> oh, pump, pump, pump the brakes because yeah. whoa, you're not thinking back far yeah. enough. So, but no, I mean, it very, very sad. Um, especially you know, Cleveland legend right there. Yeah, I mean, a guy who's been around the organization too. We see him announce draft picks for several years now, and you could tell his health kind of declining, just not where he was in years prior, but. 87 years is nothing to joke about. I mean, that's no. that's a good life, and dying of natural causes is, you know, I always say if there's one way to go, that's probably the way, right? That's exactly the way to go. And, I mean, 87 years old and then playing nine years of football, too. Kind of crazy to think about that, especially, you know, not that protective of gear back in the day and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, good. Uh, it, really sad, but, I mean, 
One hell of a career, man. And I don't know if you know this or not. I, it was something I talked about with my roommate this year. He was an abs- He was a lacrosse legend. Really? Like, when he was in college, he went to Syracuse, and he changed the game of lacrosse. I really didn't even know, like, lacrosse was a thing back in the day. You know, me being a baseball player, I'm not too much of a fan of lacrosse in that sense. We always are competing, it seems like. But, I mean, what was that, like 50s then? 40s? Yeah, I want to say. I don't know when he would be in college. Yeah, it's, I think mid-50s, he was uh, athlete of the year at Syracuse, 56-57. So, mid-50s typically is college yeah. career. Huh. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, lacrosse Hall him. of Famer. Yeah. Like, he, when I say he changed the game of lacrosse, I don't know who is uh, is lacrosse savvy, but I don't know if yourself, you're lacrosse savvy, no. but the the term cradling in lacrosse. So okay, I do know you, what cradling yeah, is. Yeah, you basically have to move your stick back and forth. That way you can't just hold it up to your chest to protect the ball from being poked loose. Yeah. That rule is literally created by Jim Brown because he was so dominant by just putting the ball into his chest and running through and past people. I mean, that he couldn't be stopped. Right, because when you're an NFL running back, yeah, you could it's pretty easy to just bull through dudes, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean he's like he was unstoppable. Yeah. Wow. I mean, just there's a quote and it's from USA Lacrosse magazine that's pulling this. Um he Jim Brown at one point it said, I'd rather play lacrosse six days a week and football on the seventh. Like hmm. He had two loves of the game, but right. at the time, I mean, it was there a no-brainer no prof- choice. Yeah, right. well, and there was no, like, professional sports of lacrosse at that point. So that's really interesting. I never knew that about Jim Brown. Yeah, so not just, mm-hmm. you know, a guy who was a really talented football player, but— Just an athlete overall. An athlete. I, I believe he also ran track. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure he was darn successful doing that, too. I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of NFL players— Especially, like, if you're a wide receiver or, like, a running back, like, they'll run track and stuff, and they usually just dominate. And Yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb was like that, too, I'm pretty sure. Was it, wasn't it Nick Chubb? I'm not, I mean, it's. I wouldn't put it past him. The guy's right. a freak athlete. There was, um, it was DK Metcalf. That was the one that I'm thinking of where he just, like, oh, yeah. he was, like, built and, like, it was in high school, and like everyone's like around him, just like a skinny high school kid, yeah, looking like me and you, pretty him, much. Yeah. And then it's just fucking DK Metcalf, just like oh my goodness. But yeah, no, you see that typically, and I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, dipped a little bit into the the track. Yeah, and I mean, just imagine what Jim Brown could have. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer and right. one of the best running backs of all time. But what he could have been, he stopped his career short. Right. He went and decided to be an actor after nine years. Because of, I believe it was a contract dispute at some point where he was just like, okay, if you don't want to give me the money, I'll go act. Or yeah. something along the lines of they didn't want him to act and play. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he just stops and goes becomes an actor, and that was that. I mean, Probably smart in his sense, too, because, I mean, all these CT, CTE stuff and just not very good in that sense, especially being a running back. It's, that's wear and tear on your body, so... If he plays a couple more years, you never know like what could have developed from that. So, you know, very smart decision in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, and you have to think, and that wasn't even probably crossing his mind at that point. No, like, probably not, because, I mean, there wasn't really known at that time. Right, there was just no information on it, so it's just but, him doing it. But you, as you said, in the long term, it, it worked out. Term, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, just 
you know, rest in peace, Jim Brown. At the end yes. of the day, I mean that's yes. we lost a legend. Oh yeah, and a guy who again has been around the organization. Like we didn't get to see him play, obviously, but we know Jim Brown. We know the demeanor of Jim Brown just because of how involved he's been. Right. Well, and it's I mean most of the people that are going to be just like our listeners and stuff like that, they didn't even get to see him. Think about it. No, what, I mean like sixties then. Like, yeah, his career was from fifty-seven to sixty-five. Like, like, like yeah, I mean definitely not even our parents. Like those are right. You're thinking end of his career, maybe like when they people were like, our age born, parents being yeah, born, like, right? Like not, so no. not remembering. But it, it just goes to show you that his impact is still prevalent nowadays, and that we're still talking about him being one of the best running backs ever, and just being a Cleveland legend in general. Yeah. So once again, rest in peace, rest Jim in peace. Brown. Yep. But uh, with that being said, we're going to jump into the rest of our show. Again, Guardians, the topic of conversation. And before we get into their performance, going to be kind of important to talk about a little uh, little Twitter drama going down. And most of our focus, we like to, to stick to the field and what's happening in the actual game. But some stuff you just can't ignore. Right. And this is one of those instances. Because Jason Kipnis decides that he's going to go on a podcast completely reasonable thing. I mean, a former player. He goes on to a podcast, A.J. Pruszynski's podcast, and they're talking about the New York Mets. And they're talking about the leadership role that the Mets have. And they're talking in the generality here. They didn't specifically line anybody up. But Pruszynski poses the question to Kipnis, and Kipnis basically says something along the lines, blah, blah, blah. There's all those veterans and no leadership. And then Pruszynski's like, oh, you know, what do you mean by that? He doubles down and says, I'll say it again, all those veterans, no leadership. If you're trying to wonder what the big deal is here with Kipnis talking about the Mets, that's his former teammate, middle infielder, who he played five seasons with, Francisco Lindor, one of the top played players on the team. And he's basically going out there and saying there's no leadership on that team. Not a direct shot at Lindor, but also, how is it not a direct shot at Lindor? Right. Yeah, it's it's a direct shot. So, just an interesting thing. I'm like, okay, that's an interesting perspective. You know, we well, obviously we don't get to know the locker room, who's the leader, kind of who's not, and how they act. Right. You just get to see on the field. But now you have a teammate, one that was a veteran playing with him, that was basically like, when he was here, he had no leadership. Right. Well, and Logan sent it to us, like, Logan Batowski was on the, the podcast a couple of episodes ago, but I mean, like, I was... Just like randomly out of the blue, it was late at night. I was like, "Oh, there we, there we go." There's way to spice up my night, kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there was basically nothing that prompted it. I mean, obviously on the podcast talking about the situation, but just kind of spurred out of the blue. It was, yeah, it was just like a random shot, Kipnis to Lindor. We didn't know there was even like possible beef between those two. Yeah, I think there was something that kind of, but I'll, I'll, I'll get in once you get through the whole story. I'll, I'll give you my reasoning yeah okay so that happens obviously new york media's eating this up so post-game interview with francisco lindor they're asking him has he heard it what does he think stuff like that lindor i mean basically just stumbling sitting there thinking for words to even describe what he has to say and his quote that basically comes out of is i haven't talked to him that's how he feels it is what it is i don't really have much to say i a pretty uh mature response i would say out of lindor i mean no need to take a shot back it's just kind of like yeah i wasn't expecting it either i don't like 
there's just no words that like I don't care. I'm playing baseball. I'm midseason right now. Right. That's what I like to call podium talk answer. Where Absolutely. basically you say what has to be said in a mature way. You see guys in like football, for example, like Dak Prescott, good at the podium, can say any cools down situations and stuff. And that was exactly what he kind of did there in the sense of just listen, don't want to start anything right now. That's fine. He could say that. Just keep on going, kind of thing. Smart answer by him. Yeah. And we're talking. You're already in New York. You don't need right. extra spotlights exactly. being shined onto your team that don't exactly help your team perform in any way. Or like that's not going to improve the rest of your team having that just that full attention being on this situation. Not at all. So I think a good answer. But Francisco Lindor's wife has goes to Twitter and um, understandably when somebody you know kind of attacks your significant other out of the blue, she's a little upset. Now, I don't agree taking to Twitter with those upsets. I think typically significant others probably better off just staying out of the limelight and attacking. In this scenario, like, don't get me wrong. You are a face. Being married to Francisco Lindor instantly puts you, you have a word. You have a say. Like, right. You're important at this point now. Like, take that, run with it, do what you have to. But attacking the situation that doesn't involve you, not my favorite thing in the world. I won't lie. Yeah. But she basically comes out, and I don't think she said anything crazy either but maybe a little past her boundary she says my husband is such a classy person would never say what a bully kipness was in the clubhouse sounds like a true leader versus the opposite of a leader yeah and then it was like a shrugging emoji go ahead just keep going i'll i'll say my thoughts at the end um so kipness directly quote tweets her and he's like, I'm not so sure about a bully, but I said it earlier and I'll say it again. Terrible take on my end and I was wrong. Should be proud of the man he's grown into and nothing but love for the Lindor family. Could admit when I fucked up, sorry it even got here. He goes on in later tweets, says this one, just a blank tweet out of nowhere, just on the response that he got. Some of you here on here who think it's weak to backtrack need to learn how to be a man, learn how to be man enough to admit you were wrong at times. You guys in your egos will be okay, I promise. And then a game we'll get into later. Mets walk off the guards with a single. The single, of course, by Francisco Lindor. And Kipnis basically takes credit and says, LOL, because of course, you're welcome, Mets fans. Hashtag leadership. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack here. A, a lot. So here's where my first kind of thoughts go. This... This gets, like, swept under the rug, like, so much, in my opinion. I, I Cleveland fans don't talk about it this much. It was kind of, like, popped up. Like, you didn't even—I don't think you remember what I'm about to say. Did you know that in the middle of Game 7, 2016 World Series, there was that rain delay, right? Right. So, fun fact about that, Francisco Lindor fell asleep during that rain delay— in the in in the it was I think it was the he I'm gonna read the quote in a second but it was like in like one of the locker rooms or like the weight room or something like that he fell asleep during that like during that rain delay I remember having like like heard about it briefly now that you mentioned that's it, what like I'm it saying back up but no one like- really gets talked it doesn't get talked about or anything like that so he goes on and it was admitted it finally came out in a uh, Sports Illustrated article and the quote from it was I went to the locker room during the rain delay and saw a saw the plastic and I said oh shit 
Lindor says, referring to the protective sheeting to shield players' lockers from the anticipated champagne celebration. So I went down to the weight room and just laid down for a nap. I was 22. If I was older, we would have won the game. It would have been different. Who? there's where I think this is all stems from. Because, yes, Kipnis was on the team at the time for the 2016 World Series. So I think this is kind of where we're going to have to kind of start with all this. It depends on what you think of when you're 22 years old. Because, I mean, I'm about to be 21 years old. And I'm not pretty mature. Like, I get it. I'm... (laughs) I'm right there with you. Yeah, right. I'm 21 years old. Sometimes I feel like I'm 12. Like so, Actually, most of the time. Right. And the thing is, when you have a guy that's 22, star player, and at the time, I will say, Jason Kipnis was 29. So, big age gap there. Yeah, I mean, you're talking seven years, but also, like, the gap between maturity age, you know, 22 and nearly 30. Right. Massive. I mean, he had, like, he's he came into the league at 2011. So, right. like, that kind of at least shows you there's a... It, that gap, you know? So, do I think that there was a lack of maturity in that sense? Yes. But I also think that it kind of is a lack of maturity from other guys and a lack of leadership for telling them, get your butt back up here, dude. Like, you can't take a nap right now. Are you serious? Because, I mean, yeah, it's fine. Like, like it happened and stuff like that, and it's he's... 22, but like, there's other people that got to be like, listen, dude, like, you can't do that right now. So I'm an energy drink or something like that. So I think that that's partly where it stemmed from, if I can kind of recollect anything. But I mean, it just, it was such a weird thing. And no one ever talks about that. I don't know if people don't think it's that significant. I thought it was pretty significant because I mean, if I, if that happened on like any team that I played on, like, I, we would have been in trouble. Like that, just can't do that. You know, it just it just doesn't happen. Right. And don't get me wrong. I mean, a long game that we're talking. Right. About. Like, it's understandable to be dude. Tired. I stayed up during. That. <laughs> I was right. outside. I was outside at the watch party, right outside of Progressive Field. Yeah. I also was staying awake and on my feet, legs aching. Granted, we didn't play obviously in it, but absolutely still though. But so, like I said, understandable to be tired, but also like. Is your adrenaline not pumping? That's like, what I'm you're saying. You're in a close game of Game 7 of World Series where you had a 3-1 lead. Like, you should be fired up more than anything right now. Like, this is literally what every kid dreams of. Right. And you're just like, ah, rain delay. Better uh, better go catch yeah. some Zs. Yeah, get a little shut-eye. I mean, like, I was uh, to a way lower level. I mean, I played in a state championship game. Like, I at no point was I thinking... Man, I'm kind of tired, you know? And it was like 80 degrees at the time, too. No shot was I just like, eh, you know, I kind of want to just lay down and relax. No, I was fueled. I was I was all over the place. But, I mean, I just I think that's part of what happened and why it kind of started in that sense. So there's my there's my point number one. So then— Before we move on, oh, by yeah, the way, I think— on. Go ahead. Like, if this happens from a 40-year-old veteran— I almost think it's more acceptable. Like, if a guy has been there, done that, knows how long a game's going on, and is like, all right, I've been here. I know I just need a little shutout. Like, and you go wake him up. Like, he's been, you're 22. You should be the one riled up. Like, 
anticipated for the moment. Well, and that's the thing. Like he, when you're 40, your body is way different than the 22 year old. Right. Like it's completely understandable. But I think that's a lack of leadership outside of it too. In Agreed. that sense. So I think they're both at fault in this one. In this case, it's not a lack of leadership from just Kipnis or Lindor. It's it's both. It's, they both have to step up in that scenario, and Lindor had to learn quickly because the thing is, yeah, you could say he's young and immature at the time, but when you're getting paid all this money and you're playing in the, in the big leagues, you have to mature like that. We've seen it in every sport, especially when you're in, when you're in a sport with baseball. You see guys that are playing that are like 19 years old and making an impact. Right. So I don't know. I don't <laughs> – I think that was a little bit blown out of proportion. I think, again, I'll say it like Lindor, what he said originally, that was good. It's what he had to say. Um, the thing that I did not like was his wife commenting on it. Um, when you – so, okay, I'm going to make a hypothetical. Say I get married down the down the road. I'm, I'm making the big bucks in the sports media field, right? Hypoth- hypotheticals, obviously. And I get, like, slammed on Twitter for a take, and everyone's just dunking on me. Quote retweeting it, getting bodied, ratioed, whatever. If my wife steps in, I'm going to have some problems. Because, granted, it, it's what I said, it's what I did, right? So I'm going to let my wife did, and I get it. She, Lindor's wife is just probably being very supportive. And like, like I said, uh, reasonable to be upset. Like, right? It is reasonable to be upset. Like, totally. It is an attack, not on like a field of play issue, but a character issue on your significant other. I am fully behind her being upset. Right, and I, I am too. But you can't go and try to fight the battle with your husband on this one. Agreed. You have to just kind of let it play out because that's the thing. In the grand scheme of things, does this really matter? Right. Like, no, it doesn't at all. It doesn't. Let it let it blow by. Your husband did a great job of a shutting it down pretty quickly, and then b coming up later, getting that game winning hit, and then really silencing him because he knows Kip, Kipnis knows that he messed up, and he and he probably shouldn't have said that on there. So I, I just I can't get. It's kind of like when you're like I'm going to use the Mahomes because like they they just like they cause all this off field drama. For Patrick Mahomes, all, like his brother and his wife, so the thing, it just doesn't need to be like it, it has nothing need to do. To be, like, like just let them because you're just making it worse for them. They already are in a spotlight, so just let them go. You take your life aside because that's what happens when you when you marry someone with that level of just fame and power. You gotta kind of just take the back seat in that sense, and I just I I did not think she had to say that. And again, she's allowed to be upset. Totally, I would be upset too, you know. But I just didn't like that. And then, of course, the icing on the cake goes out there, gets the game-winning hit. Right. But uh, the only the thing, mine too, is just like if it's his teammate coming out and saying it. Okay, like you're like, no, he is a leader. I know he's a leader. I'm in the locker room with him every single right. day. Like, your significant other isn't at work with you. Mm-hmm. And that goes, like, every field. But, like, specifically baseball, they're not on the field in the locker room with you. Like, he may seem a leader at home, but that doesn't mean he is one. And I'm not taking a side here whether Lindor is a leader or not because I do not know. Right. I simply don't. I, I would imagine he is at this point. 
just because you would of the money. Right. So with the maturity, yeah, eventually, right. like the money you get paid, the Mets. I mean, at least semi-successful at this rate. Like they're <laughs> making the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they're choke artists, but kind of like us. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into that, but <laughs> like, it's just it's not somebody who opinion has anything to do with the take. Right. Like I said, rightful to be upset because that's your significant other, but it's not an argument of like he's a good husband because then your take absolutely has something to do with it. Right. And it's like you're not a leader as a teammate, which you just, at the end of the day, like you don't actually know. Hmm. Like not to a true degree. Yeah, it's just, it's, like I said, you can't really, I'm all for supporting your husband wife right. thing. I'm totally right, right on board with you. Yeah. But it's just to some extent where you just have to realize that, like, these are scenarios where he just has to take it on and deal with it himself. And again, Lindor, obviously, his, it's, his maturity has grown. You can see that the way that he, said, he addressed it, shot it down quickly, and then again, just didn't allow it to affect his play because then he goes out there and gets, gets the sweep against the guards, you know? And it kind of, I mean, the tweet after it, like you know the cause of course and stuff i'm 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 okay with it obviously subtle shot that's completely fine and in that too like of the sense they did like the guardians did trade him at some point so like there right. there's a little bit of hatred that brews in there i'm sure so yeah. and I, so i'm 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 okay with the tweet too i think glendor handled this really well i think kipness shouldn't have gone on there and tried to purposely attack because this is where i have the main problem though you go out there and then you you attack someone's character, but then you just try to backtrack it really quick when you start getting all this hate and stuff like that. When exactly. it blows up, that's that's my main problem because you just you can't do that. Like stick, you either stick to your point, or you just go out there and you don't even say it at all because you can't go. You got in the sports world, if you make a take, it's really hard to just go and backtrack on it. And it, it, this is a prime case of it. Like. Okay, you said that. There's obviously been a thought of that at some point, and then you just you're gonna say like, "Oh, okay, yeah, maybe maybe I, I shouldn't have said that and stuff like that. I didn't mean it." Like, are you sure about that? Because where did it where did it come from in the first place? So that's where I have the problem with Kipnis. Um, also, I don't really necessarily like how he goes and plays his final year then with the Cubs when we already have that hatred. So I, I don't. I'm not going to call out his character, obviously, because I'm not saying that in question. But I just, it doesn't, I'm more concerned about how he's going out there, saying a take, getting some clicks, and then just being like, oh, okay, I didn't mean to. Like like you said, stick to your word. And this yeah. isn't like, you said something, you're thinking back on it, and you're like, oh, like, that's not really what I meant, right? Right. And not that's like- what he's saying, but all those veterans and no leadership. Przinsky... Make sure he clarifies. Like, yeah. this is not, oh, I forgot Francisco Lindor was on the team. Right. No. Well, he knows what he said. That's yeah. the thing that makes me upset. Double down. He literally said, I'll say it again. All those veterans, no leadership. And it's like, the thing is, you've been out of the locker room with him for a while now. You don't know how much he's matured. You don't You don't know that. Like, he got traded away at some point. Like, I, he, he could have changed. Different scenery, you never know. Like, it's been a while. Which, so I, I mean, Kipnis does admit on Twitter, like, that is one of his things. He said, I, you know, I haven't been there in so long. Like, I'm not in that locker room. I don't know. 
But also, then why are you saying the take? Yeah. Like, you don't you don't have to go out and say, like, I get it, you're on a podcast, but, like, things we say right here on Mistake by the Take aren't for clicks. Right. Like, we just speak our mind to the most authentic way possible. Like, you don't have to say clickbaity things. No, we, we say what we want to say. That's why we started it in the first place. We wanted to get our word out. And the thing is, like, when you say that stuff, again, it's in the mind at some point. Like it, like it has to be you, and at that point, I would have been more okay if you just been like, "Yeah, well, remember how on when he went on Sports Illustrated and said that thing about falling asleep? Yeah, I have a problem with that because he takes a direct shot at Lindor, and then at that point, Lindor could be like, "Oh yeah, that happened. I messed up. Blah blah blah. Like, and then move on, kind of thing. But you take a shot. You t- it's just like it's like the kid that throws a punch in the fight and then runs away. Like, really, dude? Stand right. up for yourself. Also, like, you're taking a shot at all these other veterans on the Mets, too. Like, how are you going to take a shot at some guy like Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander and all these veterans, no leadership? Like, dude, you just don't know. And it's not... The thing is, like... I mean, or stick to it. Right. If you really think those guys have no leadership, double down. Yeah. Like, own up to it. Like, if you that's your real thought, then say it. Or just don't say it at all because you definitely have no clue... You've never played on a team with Justin Verlander before. Right. And that, well, and that's the thing, too. Like, if you're taking a shot at all of them, then, like, you, you don't, you ne- one, you never played with the guys, too. So how would you know? And, like, you know, I'm going to say it. I have a problem with it because those guys, they're a lot better than Jason Kipnis and how he was. Because, granted, I know he was a solid second baseman for the Guardians. A I'm, long time, nine years here. I mean, don't get me yes. wrong. I had my admiration for Jason Kipnis when he Everyone was here. Did. I was a big fan in his time here. Like, but but it wasn't we're not like going to go out on a limb and say he's you know a superstar. He wasn't. No, because and then you're taking shots at guys that are superstars and that have been there. I just I don't I can't agree with it. You know, I was gonna say I was gonna be fine with it and just be like, yeah, you know, stuff happens. But I mean, going more and more in depth with it, it just doesn't sit with me because you're just I. I look at that kind of thing and just think of just clicks. And it's all just clicks at that point. You're literally taking shots at guys who, multiple guys who have been a veteran leader on a World Series team. Yeah. I, I just. Something Jason Kipnis has never done. I mean, on a World, World Series appearance team, he was yeah. a veteran again in 2016, in which his team blows a 3 1 lead, one of the worst mistakes ever made in baseball. But, like, these guys locked up World Series rings as veterans, like Verlander, Scherzer. Those guys, again, those are just two examples that are pitching, but, like, those are big names that the Mets went out and gotten are clear, you know, examples of prime leadership in this league. Yeah. Oh, well, and the thing is, too, then, like, leadership. I'm going to say it again. Why weren't you the one that went down there and tell him and wake him up? Right. I, I just, I don't know. I think that. There was a lot of blame. And, of course, you know, people are going to say, like, oh, then why are you giving it attention if it was just for clicks? Yeah. Why not? Just get it off our chest. We're a Cleveland sports podcast. You got to – We got to address it. If Cleveland sports is going to come into the the limelight – Because it does address – it talks a lot about the 2016 World Series. And I I think – I don't know for sure I'll say this. I don't know for sure if that's what caused a lot of this drama. That's just where my mind goes immediately when I think of like the leadership factor. Because I mean, falling asleep in the dugout during a World Series, 
I have some problems with that. And no, I mean these guys played five years together too. Right. Like this isn't just the World Series either. Right. Like they had a lot of interaction with each other over that time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like I said, Kipnis would know better than anyone pretty much that went out there and took their take to Twitter the leadership that Francisco Lindor has displayed at least in his time in Cleveland. But again. You don't know what he's like now as a Met, and you certainly have no right to be taking shots at guys who you've never shared a locker room with. Yeah. Downright in the wrong. Is Lindor a leader? Who knows? Shrug of the shoulders. I don't know. You don't know. Really, nobody outside of the Mets organization probably knows. And so that's probably not something we should be taking a shot at. Can you question it? Can you say, is Francisco Lindor a leader? Yeah. Sure. You can go. Like That's a very reasonable take based on results of the Mets, but you can't just go out and say he's not. Yeah. And again, you seriously can't go out and attack guys you've never played with. Now, if he did go and clarifies and says, oh, okay, while with the Guardians, he did not show leadership qualities, then I'd that I'd have no problem with him nope. saying that because he played with them, he's experienced it, he is had that part of him where it's just like he 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 has fallen asleep and he's shown examples of not being a true leader. So I think that's fine. If you said it when it, because that's all that's the thing. I think sports media, because I think a lot of this comes into like the sports media comes into play with this because I think people, one, they say for clicks, like we just already said, then two, they, they go with the, like a broad take. And it's just like you need to be more specific in what you're saying because if you're not, then this happens and these Twitter storms out of nowhere just blow up. And if you just would have said, Okay, yeah, in his time in Cleveland, he was not a leader. Then it just wouldn't, no problems whatsoever. There wouldn't have been a shot on Twitter. His wife wouldn't have gone after, and all this stuff wouldn't have happened. Yeah, let me tell you, when you're talking about sports in general, talking in vague absolutes is not the way to get your point across. Not okay. If you were going for, as you said, the Twitter storm and clicks, that might work, but not going to work if you. It's unethical. Yeah, it is. I mean,. You're talking about things that you simply don't know about. Right. We see it all the time. Guys like Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, they, I mean, that's they're literally their whole gig, right? Yeah. Like, they talk in absolutes, and they stir up a storm. Mm-hmm. They are on argument shows. It's They're willing to take either side of a take. Yeah. But Jason Kipp, his former player, probably not your best idea to go ahead and storm up a, an angry Mets crowd, because that's quite a crowd to storm up. Yeah. Not your best. Like I said, I'm not siding either side here. I'm... Don't agree with what Jason Kipnis said. I'm definitely not siding with him. Yeah. And I also don't know if Lindor's the leader or not. I Props up to him for the way that he handled this because I think that's, you said it's podium talk, but it's the proper way to handle that situation. Yep. So props to him there. But again, not taking his side saying he's a leader either. I mean, we just don't know. Right. But that pretty much wraps it up on the Kipnis-Lindor drama. I mean... Hey, enjoying this edition of Mistake by the Take? Never miss an episode by hitting the follow button on the podcast and by dropping a follow on our social medias. That's at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTTPod on Twitter. Again, at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTTPod on Twitter. Thanks a lot. And now, back to the show. It was just a, a fun guards weekend, if you want to put it at, you know, fun in quotations there. <laughs> But that that was just fuel to the fire, basically. Right. And then you get into the actual 
guards who right now 21 and 26 we're recording this on Tuesday May the 23rd they're four and six in their last 10 and I mean we can go they, they won two at home against the Angels kind of talked about a little bit of that I believe on last week's episode I'm not sure if we got around to that but I don't think we did because it was with Lo- it was Logan and then it went you might be right, yeah. Browns. So we didn't. We really didn't even get to talk about that. Okay, well, they went two out of three. I mean, it was fine. They they played well. Josh Naylor came up huge, started playing out of his mind. And then you travel to Chicago to play the abysmal White Sox right now, and you drop two out of three. And then, you know, my blood gets boiling because you go into New York, and my Lord, the first game in New York is an atrocity. What is going on? 10 to 9 and you lose it in extras and there's about nine different scenarios where you can just look at this and be like what on earth did you just do you had a 5 to nothing lead i was sitting in a hotel alongside someone we go to school with won't name drop just for privacy reasons and yeah. just in case but was sitting there and we look over it's 5 to nothing we're like ah dang like joking around like oh maybe we should put a little bit of a little bit of money on the, the guards here. No way they blow this. And then I was like, oh, no, just kidding. You know, this is definitely one they blow as a joke. Right. Mets money line hammer it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly, that's pretty much exactly what right. I said. But, like, no shot. It actually happens, right? Lo and behold, 7-3, to three, the game rolls around. Bases are loaded. And who do you call upon other than Mr. Control and Damage Assessment himself? James Karinchek? I mean, the guy's been giving up bombs all season long, and he can't find the zone. And what does he do? Here, enjoy a grand slam to tie the game. I mean, come on. Tito, what are we doing? I, I don't know. I, I think I just, I, I don't know anymore. I really don't know. And like, then, we've talked about James Karinchek on this podcast I'm not a James Karinchek fan this season right now. Like, well, you at this you just point blew past another point too. By the way, the the very end. Oh, I haven't about? gotten to the end of the game. Yet. We'll get there. Don't you worry. <laughs> all right, all right, all but right. like, just want to stop because James Karinchek at this point. I don't know. Welcome don't know to Columbus. In my mind, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good quote. That's gonna be one of the <laughs> on the graphics that I make. Yeah, there it is. Um, I mean, dude, I I just. When I went to okay, so I went to the game on Friday last Friday. It was um against the Angels, the one that they they blew. That yeah, was I was there as well. Yeah, yeah. We keep going to these games. We don't even like. <laughs> yeah, we don't even line them up. We All just right. end up there together. Right. But it's well, fine. you know, it's fine. Um, I just I, he he was atrocious. He was atrocious, and I don't like going out there and saying all this stuff because kind of going back to like the sports media stuff. I don't like going out there and saying, okay, he sucked today and stuff. And he, you know, because I don't know what truly happens. I've been a ball player. I've known all my life what happened. Like I, I get it. Stuff happens. I'll, I'll go on the other side of there. I'm okay with going out there and saying he sucked today. Yes. Because that's fair. you know what? It's an objective state. Like, right. I'm not saying like all things aside, he was a terrible player. Today. No, he sucked today. Like, Statistically, he was bad. Well, and, the, and I'm not afraid to say statistically this season he's bad. Like that, at it, the end of the day, it comes down to what you're putting on the field. Like there is, of course, always off the field stuff, and we don't know. And I'm never going to attack a guy if something like that is right. the case. Like it, it happens. I know. 
But at the end of the day, you're being paid to do what you do on the field. So that's going to be what I attack. Like, James Karinchek is awful on the field this year. All things aside, like, I say welcome to Columbus because you're not playing to MLB standards. Well, you you didn't let me get to what I wanted to say. So, basically, yes, I'm not going to go out there and tag him and say, like, oh, he sucked and stuff like that. But when you put out this product for the whole year, yeah, that's when I'm going to start to take shots at you and say, like, dude, like, there's an issue. The balls, the, the amount of balls that he throws is insane. Like, the, the strike, his his strike percentage sucks. And, like, when you're in that role, we've discussed it so many times. You need to go in there. You need to be consistent. Throw strikes. Get out. And he just doesn't do that. I don't know why, like, the philosophy of just, like, throwing him out there every single time and just being like, yeah, let's see let's see if he tries it again. I will say it again until the day I die. The definition of insanity, repeating a certain act and expecting a different outcome. At what point do you expect that James Karinchuk is just going to light it up and just have, like, an 80% strike to pitch percentage like no none none i i just i don't know right. i really don't understand what what's like i the philosophy of throwing them out here so many times and don't get me wrong, if you're going setup guy that's your guy and you're like he's struggling right now we're gonna see him through like it's a long season i get it guys go through up and down this is not it's just down yeah like, it's just okay down. well it is just down right now <laughs> but you can argue this is just a down and he eventually comes back up I'm fine with that. You don't throw the guy. I don't care if he's having, you know, top season of his career right now. He's not a guy that I throw with the bases loaded. Yeah. Like, I don't put him in that scenario. I want him in there in an empty scenario where he has a little bit room to, you know, flare up like James Karinchek does. He's going to maybe hits a guy, walks a guy. Like, before he finds it, I don't want him to go up there with the bases loaded, haired it, and exactly why he's giving up home runs this year. And he does it in the first at bat. Well, no, and I'm going to disagree with you. You shouldn't even be considering throwing him, period, anymore. Well, because I'm, it's yeah. not – the thing is, like, it, this isn't the first year that he's had this hiccup. Like, last year, he had so many hiccups. So it's just like, I don't I don't get it. Like, what do you – what do you expect? And it's a roller coaster because, like, right now he sucks. The same thing last year, but last year down the stretch of the year – Back to good old James Karinchak. He was elite. Yeah, but the thing is, like, you got that for a small sample, and most of it is just bad. Like, I just, I don't see it with him anymore. Like, yeah, he's got some nasty stuff here and there, but my, like, you can't, you just can't keep throwing him out there. I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Here, I'll pull, I'll pull up the stats for the year. No, oh, I got so, it. It's a, it's a five hundred three ERA. 28 Ks and... Like, what, what in your right mind screams, yeah, let's put him out there at that point? Yeah, and not even 20 innings pitched. He's given up 13 hits, 11 earned runs. How many home runs? Uh, Six. Yeah. He went through a good little stretch here before that Mets game. He did go, I believe, six appearances, if I'm counting this right, five appearances where he didn't give up even a hit. But the thing is, like, he's one. if he's not giving up hits, he's giving up walks, too. That's there the are, other yes, one. There are walks here. I mean, two of those performances, he had two walks. Because the thing is, when I went to that Angels game, that's what he did. He walked two. I think he walks two guys. Yeah. And it was just like I was so scared. I turned to my friends and I'm like, dude, he's he might blow it. 
Like I just, you know, I, I, I literally, well, I was at that game too, like we said. But I literally looked at my friends. I go, here comes the James Karen check inning. He's gonna walk two guys, scare the absolute piss out of you, and then he's just gonna come back and look dominant and like strike out the side, and then come off the mound fired up. Yeah, and so exa- and it's literally, pretty much, it's just scripted. Yeah, it's all scripted. You know what's gonna happen when James Karen check goes out there. And the thing is, it's not the good thing. No, like, yeah, like, this strikeout's great, but I'd love you to do that without issuing a free base runner into scoring position. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think you could keep throwing them out there. You got to try someone else, in my opinion. Try someone else as your setup guy. That's my thing, because, like, if you're going to go down the stretch with him, and here's here's the crazy thing out of all of this. You want to you wanna hear this one? Uh, I'm ready. And I just said this because I was losing it before we started recording. We are three and a half games out of first place in our division. Three and a half games out of our division. No, that doesn't. That makes no sense in my mind. That just goes to show you how bad the AL Central is. It just, oh my God! Like the thing is, we're gonna be, we're still competing to be in the playoffs. I know, I get it. It's late May. It, 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 stuff can change and stuff like that. Three and a half games, and we're way below five hundred. Five games below five hundred. I, Disgusting. I just, it, it's it's awful. So then you, you're going to go out there. And then the, the thing is like, okay, I get it. If we were like 12 games out of 500 and stuff like that, and it's late July, early August, I get it. Go ahead and throw out there because at that point, the season's toast. But you are three and a half games, and it is late May, and you're still in contention. I mean, you can't keep doing this then. Your bullpen is horrendous right now. And I'm going to – are you done with class uh, – not a class – with Karen Check, or do you have any final words? Because uh, I want to get into class A next. Uh, yeah, the only thing I was going to say is that uh, most recent game, yesterday, Monday, against the White Sox, they did go to class A at the end of the game, and before that eighth inning, they decided to go to uh, Stefan instead of Karen Check. Which I've been saying that. Why don't you try Stefan? I mean, Stefan also, I believe, in that uh, that Mets game had a really rough go of it. But it's not as not as consistent. Bad. I agree. I agree. I, I'm not. I'm just saying. Like right. the whole back end of that bullpen is like horrendous. What do we do? Like I don't know what to do because it's guys who we've had success on, but are also struggling. So it's like, how long do you stick it out? But in terms of record, but just discuss. Like, is it bad that I want us to be like ten games back right now? Like and we it, don't deserve to be three and a half games away from first place in the Central. Well, I the thing is with me is I think that like in the mindset of like all right with like browns and football and like Cavs basketball if we're if like we're not that good like obviously i don't want to play good then for the rest of the year because i want to get a high draft pick but in the in the nmlb like it does not matter where you go like there unless you're going to be the first overall pick and there's i actually i actually took a little bit of a dive into like these the um the draft this year for the mlb I mean, you're you're not even you're picking the orders from last year too. That's the thing. So like, yeah. you're already kind of you're looking ahead for next year. If you're not picking number one overall, then there's really no point to even like try to tank. I'm not even saying tank and like I want this team to give up. I'm just saying on pure principle. Like, does this team deserve to be three and a half games out of a playoff spot? No. Like, I think we should be farther behind, and I think it'd be more of a wake up call if we were. I don't know. I'd rather. I, I just want to. You have so much talent. 
I wasn't expect. Listen, I wasn't expecting that we'd be a World Series contending team. Either was I. But I expected this team to be winning the division. And like you know why? Have a significant lead in the division. Because the central sucks. Yeah. So you think we should win it, and I'm with you. But like now the fact of the matter is, not only does the central suck, so do we. Yeah. You're, like top you're to part bottom, it. it's bad. You're literally part of it. I mean, is, are you ready for class A then? Bring it on. Okay. So earlier on in the year I said I'm not too concerned about class A. Yeah, now I'm hitting the panic bucket. I take I take back what I said. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that what you're doing? I'm gonna Jason take Kinders? back on it. Yeah, no. I mean, I was wrong. Like now, I am hitting the panic button. Like the dude just, I, I, I don't know. He just lost it. He doesn't. He, he should not be a closer right now. Because if you're going out there, like yeah, he has 16 saves, and I get it. I, I'm pretty sure that's still leading it. I believe it is still. But, I mean, on the flip side, like, you are blowing so many saves. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Like, I, I I don't trust him late in games because that's what happened. And they Okay, this is this is the last time I trusted him. At the Angels game, I went to it, right? It is, I think it was, who was it? Was it Naylor that hits the bomb? Uh, the, yeah, he hit three in three days. So, yeah. In the eighth inning, all of them. So, he, and then it goes to the top of the ninth. And my friends and I were like, all right, we want to beat the traffic. Let's go. They're, they're winning. Should be fine. I look at my phone. It dies right before I get into my car. And I'm like, I'm not getting a notification saying, like, game over or anything like that. And I'm I'm like, oh, boy. I know. I know exactly what's going to happen. And then I look, put it on the charger. It does go to final, but it has us losing. And it's because Classic goes out and blows it. I, I just – I. I don't know. I, I'm so frustrated with the back end of our bullpen. Like, the sticks are, like, starting to, like, slowly get there, obviously. Now you're, like, putting up nine runs, three runs. Like, it, you're actually, like, hitting the ball for once, which is great. Thank goodness. I, I knew eventually we would probably get around to that. But, like, I mean, I just – you when you have no back end of the bullpen, you're not going to do damage in this league. Like, I'm sorry. I, I just – I don't – no, I mean, I, I'm I fully so agree. frustrated. Yeah. Class A with 16 is by far the save leader. The next closest guy has 12, which is why I'm not hitting the panic button on Class A himself. I'm hitting the panic button on how often we're using him. Give me a rest. And not me a rest necessarily. Give Class A a rest. This guy's out there every night. Like, I get it. The offense is so bad that. Every time we're in the lead, it's a one-run game, and you're in a safe scenario, and you're like, who else do I trust than Emmanuel Classe, even though struggling this year? But it's May. Give him a break. That's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't have to be him every single game, and it shouldn't be him every single game because guess what? When you're throwing days on days on days at a time, like, it's going to give out at some point. Like, yeah. you are going to blow saves. And I'm not saying this is like a – a free pass for Class A either because he just hasn't been good. Yeah. Like, that is part of it. But also, like, he's just well ahead of anybody else. Like, it is ridiculous how many times he's being put into games. And, like, I just turned to Tito again. Like, and I felt this way pretty much since we've had him. Like, I love Tito as a manager, but the way he handles his bullpen just feels abysmal to me. I feel like it's never the correct decision. I think the thing – well, part of it, too, is this. Like, 
who who do you turn to late in game though? I don't know, but like again, it is the middle of May. I don't care if you turn it over to Mike Zanino on the mound. Like <laughs> I, I literally don't like. Obviously, don't turn it over to Mike Zanino. That's a joke, but. Like really? I don't care who you go to at the bullpen at the end of a game. Like if you're just like, ah, Class A was getting arrested, eh? Like I get it. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's just like you have no one though. Like go to Eli Morgan, go to Stefan, go to Aniel De Los Santos. Like literally anybody. Nick Sandlin. I do not care. In his last, here's a here's a punchline stat for you. In his last ten appearances, he has three blown saves, five on the year. Yeah, and I feel like in those 10 appearances, they probably all came, like, between now and, like, late April. It was, yeah, um, the last, no. The, out of all those 10 appearances, those were all May. All Take May. that in. It's all Dude, May. There because has been it was 22 days of May in which we have not played 22 games of baseball. He has pitched 10 of those games. Nine, 9.2 innings, um, giving up 13 hits. Oh, Wow. Here it is. Here you want it. You ready for this stat? Yep. Guess how many pitches in the <sighs> month of May he's already thrown? Uh, you got to be talking like two hundred. One hundred fifty-two. Like that is absurd. Yeah, the usage is getting really bad, and I'm hitting the panic button because I, I, will he last? Will he be able to go the full distance? And don't get me wrong, he's, I mean, he's gotten saves. He's gotten seven saves in the month of May so far. So like it's there, but like he blew the save. It was a the fi- uh, the third blown save was against the Yankees. That was May third, and then the next one. This this is where where you, you get a little scared because it's two blown saves in what two weeks? Because yeah. of the Angels, yeah. Yep. So I don't know. I think that it's just it's concerning because you've used them. What now? In a span of two weeks, one, two, three, four, five, five games. Yeah, I, I don't know. I you want, you want, I'm just staring. I was trying to find save opportunities right now across the league. The next highest is, I think, 13, 14. How many does, how many, well, how many is, uh, like, the at class A right now? 21. Yikes. Yikes. I mean, he's literally pitching... Like, that's 50% higher than the next closest guy. The thing is, too, like, yeah, I'll blame the coaches for it as well because you you just got to stop throwing them. But I'm going to have to blame partly the bats and oh, uh, the rest of I'm the pitching, too, right because you're you. putting them in that scenario where they're going to be like, okay, we actually have to use a guy that we don't really use. But the thing is, like, okay, I could see it in, like, the 10-9 to game, you know, 4-3, to 4-3, 5-4 makes sense when you would throw them in there. 3-0, and you're throwing them. That's where I have some situation. Like, Which, okay, and to be fair, in that one, we're talking about giving him rest. He didn't pitch since Friday. It's Monday. It has been three days. You're getting to that point of like, but yeah, but what you don't want to sit him out forever. But, but what happens? If I you, agree. What happens tonight if it's like two to two three ball game? Well, I'll tell you what I want to happen. I want you to go throw a different pitcher. Right. Like, this guy should be getting a day or two off in between every single time he comes in. Like, again, the same way you handle your starters, you're not going to go throw them on three days rest. Right. You're going to go pull up a guy from AAA or get a spot start out of somebody because you need to protect his arm. It should be the same mentality for your closer. Like, I get it. They're not out there throwing 100 pitches, but they are out there 
full force compared to their starters giving 100% what they have for, you know, 20 pitches, 15 pitches. Like, when you do that three nights in a row, you're talking about 100% effort for 45 pitches, if not more. 24 innings he's already pitched in. Like, to me, that's absurd. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. You can't keep doing this. You can't keep doing this because what are you, like, we're going to be, we're most likely going to be in contention for a playoff spot. Whether you like it or not, we're going to be in in contention for it because this division sucks. As long as, like, some team just doesn't come roaring in, I mean, maybe maybe Minnesota takes a hold of it. I think Detroit's going to eventually, I mean, granted, they're, they're just as bad as us. I think they're going to go even worse at some point just because agree, that's kind yeah, of they Detroit's MO is just they play good for a while and then they just fall off a cliff, kind of like the Pirates. Don't mean to take a shot at them, but, you know, got to take a shot at the Pirates every once in a while in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, they were playing incredible to start right, the season, right, like and you said. And they just fall but... off a cliff. So I, I just I, I think the only case that I see that like we're like we actually do like go out there and like we won't have a chance is if Minnesota goes out there and actually starts winning games, but like you can't because at that point what I'm trying to get to is you're not gonna have a guy to even throw in the bullpen because Karen check sucks and then Classe's just been burned out. Who do you, who else do you go to? No one. The, nobody, that, yeah, nobody. I trust late games like that. That's I'll for sure. go out there. I'll throw my seventy poo and just throw <laughs> at this point. I, I'm right there with you. If, you, yeah. if some, they need me to step into the pen and want to pay me a little bit, I mean, I'll go in there and I'll pretty much do exactly what James Karinchek is doing, which is put on runners and give up home runs and walk. Yeah, but yeah. in final note on Classe, by the way, already this year has blown more saves than he did all of last season. He's up to five blown saves already. Yeah, that's I. I don't know. It just, it's 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 sad. It's really sad. And you feel for the guy. You yeah. really do. Like, like I said, I don't think he's been perfect this year, but it's uh, like you just got to give him a break, man. Yeah, I agree. It, it's ridiculous. I think the kind of final thing to touch on here, in terms of the guards, is that the offense has looked hit or miss, which is. Actually, an improvement to what we've been seeing. Sadly, it's an improvement. That's the th- and and I I hate to I hate to like make a, a negative sandwich here, but like props to the offense, they were hitting the ball. But I'm going to spin this into a negative because as a Cleveland fan, that's what I do best. We score nine runs against the Mets, and you still lose. Like, if it's not one thing, it's another. Like, how are we going to go out there and? We've been begging it for all season, Dylan. Me and you all season are just like, please show me offense. We'll be elite if we have offense. Well, guess what? Nine runs is elite offense. Like, you don't ask for anything more than that. Like, you should win a game if you score nine, without a doubt. Yeah. And you lose. Like, then your pitching explodes. Like, I don't know what what to do with this team. Like, you finally get it out of your offense, and then the guys are just like, Yo, we actually did our part today. What happened? Right. Well, I mean, this is the thing. So, I'll go over the past 10 games. These are the how many runs they scored. 4, 8, 4, 3, 2, 3, 9, 4, 1, 3. So, they're actually like... It's better than getting blanked how we were doing right, like for I a said, while there. It was like... 
Like, it's still not great. Like, you hear a lot of low numbers in there, but it's still at least it's, an, it's an improvement. improvement. Like, hit or miss you, right now is an improvement, which is crazy. Right. Like, now you're seeing, you're starting to see eights, starting to see nines. There's a couple of threes mixed in there, some fours. But, which, by the way, is also baseball. Like, teams are going right. to, like, score higher or lower some days. Like, this is kind of where I expect this team to be offensively for the year. Like, you're going to have some duds. I get it. Like, this is not a great, you know, hitting team overall. But it's not getting blanked. Exactly. That's the thing. At least they're putting runs across the board. So, I don't know. I the, the, when It's so frustrating. It's kind of like when the Cavs were playing. It was just like, yeah, Garland went off for like 30 points in the playoffs. And then they'd be like, okay, what about Donovan Mitchell? Oh, he had like 12. Like, yeah, just, they can't work the same as a unit. Thing. Like, I, I just, I don't, like, why can't you just figure out the pitching and the hitting at the same time? It's I, because again I try to base a lot of my takes off of my playing time in sports because it, it just it helps relate to the players and the fans the most in my opinion. But I just can't find I I can't re, I, I can't relate to this. I mean, I seriously like I don't I don't know. No, I mean like I, I seriously, just, it, let's, it makes no sense. Well, let's literally break it down out of. Since the start, we'll go back to May 12th with that Angel series. I'm going to rattle off every time we've scored four more runs and tell you the outcome of the game, which is just my proof that anytime you're getting... Like, four runs is a good benchmark for four me. Four runs, you if you're getting four runs as, consistently as an offense, you, can win. you can't really complain about yeah, like, that. Yeah. You're like, Your okay. pitching just has to show up. Yeah, like you're you're going to win some, you're going to lose some with four right. runs. You're going to be consistent. Yep. Here, here's what happens when you score four runs. Friday, May 12th. You lose 5-4, to four, Class A blows the save. The very next day, the 13th, you score 8 runs. You win, but you win 8-6. to six. Still you, give not, six. you give if up you 6. Give up that, if you go to that 4 benchmark, then you lose. Right. The next day, you score 4 again. You win 4-3. to three. Still a close game. And then you get all the way down to next Friday because you don't score 4 the entire White Sox series, which... 3-2-1. No, you go 3-2-3. Three, three. Which, uh, yeah, like... But okay, like pitching I, finally shows up in the last game of the series, and they only give up one run. That's that was the key of it. Yeah, and like, how are you dropping two out of three games against White Sox? But well, whatever. The, like, well, the thing is too, like you, two and three, not like completely terrible, but it was just like it's like it wasn't like okay, pitching only gave up four runs, and you just didn't get that extra kind of hit or anything like that. No, it was you gave up eight and seven. So it was just kind of like blown out and stuff like that. And I was yeah. just like, all right, well, can't really do much about that anymore. Like you literally lost to Lance Lynn and Mike Clevenger. Like not shots Clevenger at those guys. Clevenger was the one that hurt the most. I was like, really? We can't go out there and just play better in that sense. I mean, well, just, Clevenger hurts you because you know it's the guy it's who was Clevenger. here and you yeah, traded him. That's what I'm saying. Lance Lynn is now two and five on the season. Like he's been getting shelled. Yeah, and we just can't hit him. I mean, did you see that clip of that uh, White Sox fan? On a Chicago radio, just go, oh, yes, just I did. blowing up. Yeah, it, it, I mean, because he basically just said Lance Lynn sucks, and I'm like, yeah, like he does. And then like I'm like, oh my god, we just lost to him. Yeah, I'm gonna rattle off these last two. Stats. Yeah, go ahead. You Sorry. score? You, no, you're good. You score nine, and you lose the ten to nine game in extra innings. Class A blows the save, and then you get postponed Saturday. Your first game Sunday, you score four, and you lose five to four. Stefan gives up a two run shot when you had the lead. Yeah, but yeah, like. You hit the benchmarks. Like, out of how many of those did they? They won two. They won two out of those games that I named. I think there were five games 
Yeah, five games where they score four more, and they're two and three in those. It's ridiculous. It's like I, I just I don't literally. It's 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 sad because it's happening. We saw it happen with the Cavs, and then you see it happen with the Guardians, where it's just like you just play as a unit, play good all the time. And the, listen, I've been on teams too where it's like. The pitching's on fire, and they dominate, and they win. Like, it helps you majority of the time win the game. But at least, like, the bats, like, were there to supply at least that one hit just to get you over the hump, just to get one more run, you know? And it's not even, like, it's either you get all this with the pitching or you get none of it with the pitching, and then it just, like, it just nothing. There's not that little inch that just helps you, you know, get the one run that you just need and stuff like that. There's nothing like that with this team right now. No, I mean, it's literally, it's abysmal. Like, it's like abysmal. I said, if it's not it's one thing, it's the other. It's abysmal. But I, I don't know. I think that pretty much wraps it up unless you have anything else to talk no. about Guardians-wise. We really, I think the problem is, like, we. I know we do, like, the, what, we do this or that on Wednesdays, but the thing is, like, I, I don't know. I think we both came in here thinking, like, Listen, we gotta we we just gotta get this off our chest. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, and there's not really a this or that to really go off of, other than like, would you rather have pitching or hitting? Uh, can I pick this and that? Yes, please. So I don't know, and I think also too. Plus, we both you were in in uh, Illinois this weekend, and I was sick, so we kind of were like, yeah, hey, let's just take a break for it now. But other than that, yeah. I'm good. I got it off my chest. I screamed a little bit today. Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty good. I can offer you a this or that right now, just off the top of my head. Let's hear it. Why not? Bonus this or that. This or that? Better leader in a clubhouse based oh, on what you can see on the outside. Oh, Francisco God. Lindor, Jason Kipnis. Just like this or that, like the like a leadership? Leadership. has nothing to do with what they put on the field. I mean, it sort of does because they're leaders, but, you know, who would you rather have as a leader the figure itself? Like I said, I think Lindor's a better player. That's not a question. So, In his time with the Indians, since they were technically the Indians at that time, I'm going to have to say Kipnis. I'm on the complete opposite board. Give me really? Francisco Lindor. Dude, Kipnis sucks. Mike, I mean... Okay, playing-wise, yeah, we could agree with that. Okay, But are we talking from a leadership perspective? Yeah, I mean, okay, no, I'm, listen, Perfect. this is what I'm saying. Like, Okay, well, well here, here's the... Here, let me let's specify it a little bit more. Then, would you? Is it in the time with Lindor right now included, or just with Cleveland right now? Right now? Ooh. Okay. Well, then that changes it up a little bit. It makes it even harder. I'm going Francisco Lindor because guess what? <laughs> like, take play of field off the the map again because Lindor. <laughs> I mean, He's he blows my, Kipnis yeah. out of the water, but like. Francisco Lindor, like how he handled this presser. That's what I'm saying. And we're talking in th- New York. Is, okay, this is a. I don't even know how old Francisco Lindor is right now, off the top of my head. I mean, we can fact check this, but who gets to it first? Francisco Lindor is 29 years old, so right where Kipnis was in that 2016 run. Okay, Kipnis is probably 36 now. Yeah, and he's showing more immaturity. In this argument that we were talking about earlier in the show, then Francisco Lindor is at that age 29. Like, backtracking off your word, 
just everything, the way he handled it and just going out and talking about it in general, like, that's immaturity. And maybe Francisco Lindor's wife has a point that you never know. Kid is, she called him a bully. Like, I don't know, man, maybe. He was good at, like, going up to the podium, saying what he had to say, kind of getting off. I guess, yeah, I guess I'll go Lindor and Howe. Since, I mean, like, he just, he's he's there. He knows how to address it. Did you see this thing about um, Justin Verlander? Dude, well, you're going to rip. You're going you're gonna to have to, like, introduce the, the bleep button. We dropped two F-bombs already, and I'm about to drop a third one because of what he said. No, nah, just let it rip. Honestly? All right. Um, so, after the Mets, this is uh, a New York Post article. After the Mets sweep of the doubleheader over the Guardians on Sunday, Francisco Lindor was doing an interview on the field with um, ESPN's Nicole Briscoe. Briscoe? Is someone? Sorry so- if I botched your name. And Verlander was getting impatient, so <laughs> Lindor was answering a perfunctuously question on Sports Center, when all of a sudden viewers could hear in the background, fuck ESPN, let him, leave him alone, let's go. <laughs> That's my leader right there. Well, and there there goes to show you, like, Lindor, I think he was just answering a question casually, and then, you know, he just wanted him off. But, anywho, sorry, I just interjected with that one, my poor pronunciation of words. Um, Yeah, I, don't I, know, mean, I guess I'll, I'll go Lindor. All right, I'll I'll uh I'll rip off another this or that right now off the top of my head just because it is it's a Wednesday special we can't get rid of just this yeah, or that altogether, and this one's just off the top of my head and we didn't really get to talk on it because we didn't talk starting pitching that much today mm-hmm. but Logan T Allen and Tanner Bybee both in their last starts bounced back and pitched pretty darn well yeah they have to be pretty much staples in the rotation in my mind here now so. My question being, obviously Sticks is coming back in the rotation. This or that, both of the young guys or let Aaron Savali back in? You can have all three. Not once McKenzie's back. You're not getting rid of Quantrill, Bieber, uh, McKenzie, Savali, and the two youngins. Like like I said, like Savali might come back and there might be room. You get rid of Batten Field. It works for a little bit. Once Sticks is healthy, he's in. You're not letting him not pitch. You can't go a six-man rotation. No, absolutely not. That's too much time between guys. You're right. Like it's just it's too many guys fighting for that position. And once it comes to playoff time, that's way too much to cut down. I think it's one guy stays and oh my gosh, I'm off the Savali train. I'll say it. I'm ready to go. Like both these guys are pitching, and at some point, like we talk about how good of a farm system we are for pitchers. I think you got to let them loose, man. Like. There's more guys coming up through the ranks. Savali has struggled and more so struggled with injuries. Like, it has been tough for him with injuries. And I love the guy. Like, he's one of my favorites. I mean, when he's healthy, he deals. But that also just hasn't been the case the last two years. So it comes to a point of, like, do I want to keep, you know, the quote-unquote proven commodity who really can't stay out there or my young guys who are just firing off great starts right now and let him go, and I, I think I'm siding with the young guys. Like, trade Savali, I don't know what you get back for him, really, but... I don't know if you get a... I don't know if you could trade him. I think you at least have to play him a little bit just to see, because, like, what if he comes out firing off the injury? But who? where do you... Like, okay, so assuming he comes back before Tristan McKenzie, you get that opportunity. Yeah. 
Yes. But this we're talking an oblique injury, and I haven't heard anything on Savali. I don't know about you. Like, I don't know how close he is. Oblique injuries, yeah. like, they tend to linger. Like, he's on the 15-day IL, but I think you put oblique injuries on that IL because you don't, like, he could have been back in 15 days. He could also be gone for, like, a month and a half. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I don't know. So if McKenzie comes back first. That's like, going to throw a big curveball. You don't have room to let Savali show. You are either saying Savali is in and he's pitching because I now have to send one of these performing guys down, and you can't just send him down, call him back. Like, you can't play that game with him. Like mentally, I think that's you a, could play it. You could, but it's not good mentally for a guy like that. Yeah, I guess. And like, I don't know. I if you get that opportunity where Savali comes in, you do get the outlay. Like, does he come out firing? Okay, now we have more of a decision. Like now, it's he plays hardball. If he does, if not, I, I think you give him the hook. That's fair. I got okay. How about this? I guess we're we're actually doing it. I got two. I got two. This or that. Let's hear it. So hypothetically, Savali does come back. And he gets put in the rotation. You have to send one guy down. Who is it? Logan T. Allen or your other option? Tanner Bybee, yeah. Tanner Bybee. Oh, boy. Yeah. And this is a hard one for me because I'm not afraid to admit that um, I am completely biased towards Tanner Bybee. Again, when I was in Lake County, I yeah, had to call a couple of fair. his games. So, Do you want me to go first? Full bias? No, because I think I'm, I, I can pull the trigger. Okay. I, I think I'm going to say you send down Tanner Bybee reluctantly. Ooh. Logan T. Allen is he's the older guy. He's been there for a while. We've seen what he can do. Double A, like he he dominated last year. And you just gotta let the guy go, I think. Like you just gotta let him fire Bybee more of a newer one. But I, the thing is, I don't think you can send either of them down. That's my thing. But if no, you have I know. to that's why it's a good one. If you have to, I think it's Bybee, but I don't want to send either down. And if you send one of them down they darn sure better be on the roster come the start of next season. Um, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I'm going to go Bybee. You keep. Keep Bybee? You think so? Yeah. And here's why. I've touched on it a little bit in the past. Bybee offers something that you don't really have. It's the fact that he can go out there and throw 97. And he can go out there and chuck. And that's something that this the starting rotation just does not have. They don't have a guy out there that can just light up the gun. So you have Shane Bieber, which crafty guy, looks good, but he doesn't throw hard. He's like more 92s, which is okay. But the other thing then, you have Tristan McKenzie when he does come back, not a guy that's going to throw hard. You lack that a lot in the starting rotation. So I think Bybee... The only thing is that you don't really have in that starting rotation is the the lefty, which I guess I mean that's where is Logan T. Allen. So I think that's the only case that you have. I think you're you're. By the way, you're wrong. Yeah, I know. That's I just looked. They're both twenty four. Yeah, Yeah. that throws a whole other wrench (laughs) in it too because. That just eliminated your. uh... I mean, okay, so (laughs) Bybee Bybee's newer in the organization. Because yeah, Logan T. Allen was drafted first. I'm not crazy in saying that. Um, but both being 24, six McKenzie's 25, dude. Like they're young. Yeah, like and look how good. Like you just gotta let the guys have their opportunities. If they're gonna shine, they're gonna shine. Yeah, and they're shining. Let them. That's fair. I I just don't know where you kind of like draw the line of like it's it's the end of the line for Savali. 
I, like, I don't want to say it because, again, like, he's one of my favorite guys. I think he's clubhouse guy, like, great, and he's only 27. But yeah. it's, like, it, it's come to a point where, like, you know, the the cream of the crop's coming up through the ranks and you got to hand it over. Yeah. Not to mention, like, Gavin Williams hot on the heels, too. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, he's got to be up here in a year or two, like, He's gotta be out. He's gotta be up next year. I, I agree. He's gotta be up next year, dude. He's lighting it up. Um, so my last one, just to wrap it up, I guess. So we did see Bo Naylor did get called up. We didn't even like talk about that. Yay! Yeah. Bo Naylor got called up, and did he get to taking that bat? Yeah, two, two, no for two. Okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he struck out though. So um, we're basing this off two at bats, right? So now that we're starting to see a little bit more kind of transpire with the catcher position who do you what who would you have now keep right. in mind Zanino home run last night Zanino home run last night Cam Gallagher has started to pick up with the bat he's over the 100 mark last I checked I believe he is <laughs> and that, that just <laughs> oh it's tough because there's no, multiple no no no, no, no. he's hit at performances. the 100 he's literally at the 100 mark is he flat it's just flat Okay, I think that's like multiple games with a hit too. Like he had he had two hits in one, and I think like one or two other games where he had a hit. And like again, not an everyday catcher. That's just a that's a killer line though. That's the thing because you go yeah he's, he's, he's starting to get the bats hot over the one hundred mark. Yeah. Like what? Well, listen, there was a point and we talked. He was down to point zero five, like oh fifty one, dude. Like yeah, which is exactly why I'm saying. Get Bo Naylor back in the majors and keep Cam Gallagher away from my team, dude. I will say it time and time again. Gallagher is old. He doesn't offer anything on defense. He's hitting 100. How much worse can Bo Naylor be? I mean, seriously. I think if you're going to play this game, just stick with Zanino. Zanino needs to be up 100. Like, that's no, not no, a no. I, I don't, it's not a, it wasn't more or, of a question yeah. of who, it was who should be starting. It's, it's going to be Zanino. Yeah. I think Zanino's. I want be I want Naylor in the majors, yeah, like over Gallagher, but Zanino's the starter. Like, yeah, you, you have to give him at least until like June, July before you, you give up on the pro. Like, you went out and got him. The only thing is, then you're going to take away at bats for Bo Naylor. I I know I and I've brought up this point before, but I like I don't know, dude. I'm so sick of Cam Gallagher. I'm so <laughs> over are. it. Or here's an interesting development in the month of May. Bo Naylor is not even the best offensive catcher on the Columbus Clippers. Yeah, I've seen that. Zach one. Collins is lighting it up. He's a little bit older than Naylor, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he's got a couple of years on him. I mean, we can do a little bit of mid checking while I talk here, but like, if that's the case, I definitely like him over Cam Gallagher. Like, yeah. I, at, at this point, if you DFA'd Cam Gallagher, he cleared. Whatever, like the the waiver system or whatever that's considered after you DFA somebody, I'd cut him. Uh, goodbye. Like I'm over it. Yeah. Like whatever experiment you thought you were getting out of this, I, no, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just he's a good not. Well, I take that back. I was about to say he's a good backup catcher, but really, in no, that he's, sense, not. he's not. He's like he's not he's good just defensively. Kind of wasting a roster spot. Yeah, he is. He's not good defensively. He can't hit. Worst Zach case, Collins, by the way, twenty eight years old. So absolutely, yeah, bring him up. Bring up Zach Collins. He's been in the majors before too. Yeah, like he he played for the White Sox. There, yes, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. There, there was he played with them nineteen twenty and twenty one. 
27 games in 19, 9 games in 20, which shortened season, and 78 games in 2021. And then with Toronto, he split the time last year between Toronto and Pittsburgh and played a total of 36 games. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing with Cam Gallagher. Like it, It's frustrating. Again, there's a time where I say the experiment has failed. That's this time. Yep. Oh, well. But that, that pretty much wraps up another uh, another you know improvised segment this time of yeah, this or that. Yeah, just threw it together. I think next episode we were kind of talking about if you stay till the end, you know, we'll give you a little a little sneak peek. I think we're going to probably talk about Browns OTAs. You know, yeah. it's going to be a little bit more organized. But this was we kind of were like, all right, we need to just get on the mics and talk about the Guardians. We obviously wanted to talk about Jim Brown. We didn't know too much to talk about, too. It's not. It's kind of a dead period right now, just, you know, Guardians. I mean, you got guards. It, this, again, like you said, we kind of just want to hop on the mics. Less stats-based episode. Yeah, like, just fire away. Get, this one, get it off your chest. Yeah, like, there, there's got to be episodes where, you know, you dig into the stats, you find that stuff out, but at the end of the day, it's it doesn't all need to be. Like, like you no. can play the eye test and stuff. Yeah. Like, we can just sit down here and give opinions. Like, And we did, and I think Rightfully so, and I think it played out good as a good episode. No, I think so, too. I agree. I mean, that pretty much... That wraps it up. That wraps it up. I mean... Follow us on social media. Yeah, that's, that's a, about great, it, like, a great take. I mean, gotta gotta get in there. Mistake by the take on uh, socials. Yep. MBTT pod on Twitter. It's the only one that changes. We're and, gonna, uh, yeah, we're going to get the socials back going this week. I, again, there was... It, it's been it's, a rough couple weeks. For it's the two been of us. a rough couple weeks. For like us, it man. has been non-stop. You get sick. I get sick. You go to Illinois. Like we're just all over. Yeah, the place. I've, I've been calling a ton of baseball over the two weeks. Like which you've you been... did a fantastic job, by the way. Just wanted to give you props. Thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, it. Season's now over. So so we're back into the swing of things. Yeah. So blue streaks go zero and three in the NCAA tournament. A little bit of a pain, but you know, it, it, it close games. I mean, yeah. I, I had no season. more. Yeah, no more fun in my life than yeah. Than calling that, and I mean that truthfully. Like that was the most fun broadcast experience I've ever had. Good experience all, too. All the guys, great. They set a program record: twenty-eight yep. wins. I mean, love the guys stuff. Yeah, hang their hats on that. Um, last thing we'll do. Uh, you got anything big coming up in life? Anything? Uh, Start an internship with the Rubber Ducks. Very cool. Mm, nothing else. Really. That about, what about it. What about? I, well, I've been dicing around the idea of like doing some YouTube videos. There we go. So I don't know. What about keep, you? Keep an eye out for that. Maybe yeah. some some YouTube. You'll have that to plug here soon, possibly. Yeah, just look me up, Dylan Feldovich on YouTube. And I'll probably you'll find something if you follow me on Twitter at dyfelt. I'll probably post something there while making a YouTube video. I want to talk more about like football, college. I'm I'm getting really into college football right now, so I'm probably going to do some like team previews and stuff. So be on the lookout for that. What about what about you though? Of course, can drop it on the pod too. Anytime you drop that, I mean, feel free. Yeah, um, yeah, you, myself, you do. You have some news though. Well, of course, you can always hear us Tuesdays at six to seven. If you're in the Cleveland area on eighty-eight point seven or on the WJC app, wjcu.org. Mm-hmm. Streaks talking sports. Bill and I sit down another hour of sports where live on radio you can hear us. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I officially accepted an offer. Uh, ninety-two-three, the fan, Cleveland sports talk. I'll be a, I'll be a part-time anchor. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and I, I start getting in there. I was there today for some, you know, miscellaneous stuff, and then I'll officially start coming up here on a, on Friday, just three days away. Just light them up, give them the works there. You know, hey, we're putting our head down. This is a oh. first, first real, uh, first real Boo. career job. 
We're, we're, we're getting to work there. We're, we're getting to work. That's fair. That's fair. We, uh, we'll, we'll put in the time, put in a lot of effort, hoping to, hoping to climb the ranks over there, too. We're going to have a lot of fun. So For sure. You know, I mean, that pretty much does it. we got a lot of exciting things coming up. You can oh, yeah. hear plenty of Dylan and I, not just on here, but in other places. And, of course, Mistake by the Take, always first. Never forget to subscribe to the pod and all the social medias, as we said. But I think that pretty much wraps up this episode, episode six of Mistake by the Take. We'll be back in just two days, Friday. New episode, as Dylan said, probably going to be Brown's OTAs. With an asterisk, because you never know. We we like to change our minds all the time. Yeah, and you never, something could drop. Right. Who knows? There could be sports info that drops within the next two days. But that's pretty much uh, all we got. So thanks for sitting through another episode of Mistake by the Take, and be sure to check back Friday. Thanks, guys.